Hey, Banner, you want this shot of whiskey? There's a bloody bullet in it. Yeah, but it's free. Cheers! Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. This is our review of Agents of Shield season seven, episode two, entitled "Know Your Onions." I'm your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. Joining me, as always, is the mad scientist Brian Banner to review this, as we do all of our TV episodes on the Four Bro Four Squad criteria: the acting, the story, our favorite scene and any theories going forward. So shout out to Trend Pimp, as always, on YouTube. Uh, Banner, let's, let's get into it. Acting and cast, uh, pretty much the same as episode one, except now we actually have Agent Melinda May awoken, and uh, a little bit more Elizabeth Henstridge as Gemma in this one. Yeah, I uh, I really liked what they're doing with May, and I'll get a little bit more into this in story, but the way that... Uh, Ming-Na Wen and I forget the actor's name that plays Enoch. The way Joel that they, Stoffer. Joel, Joel Stoffer. Stoffer, thank you. The way that they played off each other and in playing completely opposite characters, like couldn't be further sides of the spectrum, and them to somehow still have great chemistry on scene is really cool to see. I thought they both did a fantastic job playing just completely out there characters now i mean melinda may is i don't know what the fuck's going on with her but i like it and then you have obviously enoch who is extremely dry monotone just has no personality which in turn is great personality i was gonna say let's give joel stoffer a lot of credit because he has become one of my favorite parts of this team if you had an actor that played enoch wrong it would be like cringeworthy yeah, it's called Deke, <laughs> basically. But he's able to turn. He's able to use like his character being monotone and kind of oblivious to how human emotion works into like a really endearing part of the character. I think that's why I love Fitz and Enoch so much because Fitz is so clinical about how to interact with other humans, and Enoch is like takes Fitz's interactions and has like been taking notes on him his whole life. So when they're together, it's like. Your friend at the bar who's like, dude, you're really bad at picking up chicks. You're like, I know that. I don't need you to tell me that. Thank you. Yeah, they're <laughs> in a weird way. Fitz finally has. I mean, even though he hasn't been in the season yet, he finally has an equal in the way that he approaches worldviews. Right. And like you said, interactions with others, which is really, yeah, it's it's awesome. I love. Now we're probably getting ahead of ourselves here, but I love the comment that Enoch made. Oh, he's my best friend. Or I'm his best friend. I know. Because it's I'm, so true. And that's really like, I know they had that episode, I believe last season, maybe the season before, where they talk about like, we're friends, you're my best friend, blah, blah, blah. But this is the first time that I think Enoch initiated it. And it was, uh, it was really cool to, to see. And we might get in this in story, but I was so bummed he could not catch up to the Zephyr at the end. I was like, please, I'm not ready to lose you, even if it's for just an episode or two. I don't, we'll get into this in theories, but I think we're okay on that front. 
Um, briefly want to touch on Elizabeth Henstridge. Obviously, she's doing a little bit of a different thing with Gemma in this season. She's just sort of torn apart emotionally and seems very like short and not her typical, yeah, not her typical uh, personable self. But I did think she had some really funny back and forth with uh, Koenig in this episode. He kept calling her like a dame or like a lass. She was like, I have a fucking PhD. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop talking to me like I'm your wife. One negative I want to cite. So Dan Barnett is the guy who plays uh, Malik. And I thought his acting was fine. He had a lot of meat on the bone in this episode. Like some big emotional moments. But, dude, his accent is pretty bad. And it's yeah. like it, – I know they're trying to give him, like, a 30s, like, vaudeville-type vibe. But it was like – it just sounded like a bad high school actor in a play trying to sound like he was from, like, the Wizard of Oz time before Dorothy went back. It, it was really rough. Yeah, I I think that he did a good job. I, I, I enjoyed everything with him. I was able to look past the, the bad accent because it wasn't – the thing is, is it was good enough to be passable, but then you're like, but how good is it? Yeah, I think if he wouldn't have had like one or two monologues, it probably would have been fine. But it, like the longer you make him talk like that, it just kind of – I'm probably nitpicking at this point, but it just kind of bugged me a little bit. But overall, I thought the guy did a pretty decent job because he had a lot to do here. Like the whole yeah. episode pretty much hinges on him. I've got – I've got – I have an apology I need to make. Patton Oswalt. Absolutely fucking fantastic. I shit on him fairly hard last week, and I retract every negative thing I said. I loved every moment he was on screen. I wish we got more. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to. Uh, I mean, I hope we get a Koenig in every single time period. I could not get enough of him. It was awesome. Him, uh, like you said, him and Gemma kind of going back and forth. The way that he they introduced him to essentially the future was really cool the way he reacts and i would watch a show of him and enoch just running a bar oh my gosh that would be cool like cheers yeah like that's just that's awesome you have the best bartender and an awesome bar owner in in a koenig that i think that would be a fantastic fucking show and enoch would be the type of guy like he has nothing else going on in his life so if you need him to like cover one of your shifts He's probably good. And all his friends are not from this time period anymore. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a whole lot going on these days. Yeah. All right, on to the story. So uh, the synopsis is with the identity of the time unwrap, timeline unraveling thread revealed, the team's mission to protect him at all costs leads each agent to question their own values. And I broke down pretty much the three things we had here was Malik delivering the ingredient for the super soldier serum. Which is hard. Which you to called last week. Great job. I got lucky. I mean, it was kind of it wasn't too bold of a prediction, but yeah, I got lucky on that one. Uh, the Shield team figuring out the repercussions. Like, all right, if we do this, what will happen? Because remember, Daisy was really adamant. Like, dude, just fucking kill Malik. Like, no one cares. Yeah. And then of course, Enoch trying to babysit May for most of the episode, which I really enjoyed a lot. So, what do you think of what the story did here? So I loved Enoch and May's interactions in this from the moment that. He found her, and then she's explained she's dead, and then her going, no, I'm, I protect these people. That's what I do, and tries to leave, too. That fight scene was absolutely incredible. I'll talk more on that later, but I love everything that they're doing with Enoch, and I, I extremely enjoy – I'm really, really enjoying the darker May that we're getting. This kind of – she 
knows she was dead, but she somehow is back. Do you think she could be an LMD? We'll talk about it in theories. Anyway. I, well, it was interesting. Like, she's so unfazed by seeing, like, what appeared to be Coulson again. Yeah. And I think that's when Daisy was like, oh, she's fucked up. Because if May had, like, had her typical, like, emotions and saw someone that looked like Coulson after what they'd been through, she would have lost it. Yeah, I... I don't know. I don't. I'm. I don't know how I feel about. I like it. I like it. I like this May. This is a we. May is one character that's been. I mean, they've been layers and they've built her up, and she has a, a pretty good arc. But she's one that's been. Her line has been the flattest from everybody else. I think. She's that. Yeah, we got the episode with with her ex husband being Lash. But that was probably the most meat on the bone they gave her until her and Coulson kind of went away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had a little bit in why they call her the Calvary with her. Uh, oh, that was great. I forgot about that. Yeah. So there I mean, she's had some good moments, but at the end of the day, she is a stone cold badass. And that's mm-hmm. what she was day one. And that's what she is today. I think I, I like that, that. She hasn't changed. She They knew who she was and she stuck to that, but they were still able to put these layers into her and this is just another layer that they're they're adding in last thing i gotta ask because this will mainly tie into theories but trend pimp speculated that we would not spend that much time in 1931 we got two episodes there and we left do you feel like you got your fill with that was that still too much after this episode was that too little how do you feel about them leaving this uh decade i'm happy with them leaving the decade i was pretty critical of it in the last episode. Uh, this episode, I I don't know if I enjoyed it necessarily, but I didn't mind it as much. I thought them getting on a train and basically hitchhiking on a train to uh, Hell's Harbor was pretty cool um, and very, very time-oriented for the 30s. Other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go somewhere else. I got enough. I'm excited. So the title cards have been really cool like with the very 30s vibe to them so wherever they go next and we can speculate on this in a second but i'm assuming they'll change the title cards like imagine agents of shield in the 80s with a cool like 80s looking title card that'd be bad like a lightning bolt through it that'd be cool yeah or just something that yeah like it looks just like madonna or prince-esque yeah all right best scene i, I mean i've got i've got a one more thing okay. i dude i don't like the chromacons i don't get it i don't i don't understand like they're I feel like they're kind of forced in. They weren't really earned. Like I don't even know I don't really understand why they're trying to stop Shield even. Or stop yeah. Shield from forming. And again, Trend Pimp can probably help us here, but I do remember there was something with the Chronicon Civil War and like the destruction of their planet that had to do with Shield's existence. I think specifically Fitz. And so I'm assuming that whatever medium they found to time travel, the easiest way to prevent that from happening and ripping apart Chronicon to one, I'm guessing, because now they live on Chronicon 2, is to just stop S.H.I.E.L.D.'s existence. So basically they're trying to get the jump on them and go to a time period prior to or like at the beginning of their formation to stop it from happening. Hmm. It's weak, but maybe it'll make more sense later. Yeah, I've got a theory where I think I can make that play. Okay. All right. Best scene. I mean, is it low-hanging fruit if I just take the Gemma Enoch, excuse me, the, the May and Enoch fight on the Zephyr? I mean, it's that was clearly, clearly the best scene. Right. And I knew as it was happening, I was like, oh, well, this is my best scene. Yeah, I, awesome. I didn't even have another scene wrote down. <laughs> like, usually I'm like, oh, that one was pretty good. Oh, no, this one got better. 
No, there was nothing even close to this. And Enoch being like, this is like when you're, you go out to the bar with your friends, you're pretty drunk, and you're like, dude, let's get on the dance floor. I got some moves I haven't shown you yet. When Enoch goes, I've upgraded to the hunter level combat package. It was. <laughs> it's like, do it. Yeah, let's go. So well choreographed. Again, uh, we can't give Enoch enough credit here. He kept a straight face through those those fight scenes. He made me believe he is a robot, which yeah. is incredibly hard to do. And obviously, you know, because we can see his face that he's the one that did the stunts. Um, and then obviously with it ending of her almost murdering Enoch. I know. I was actually worried she was going to kill him. I thought, I thought that they were going to kill him. I really did. I was scared there for a little while. Um, and then it ending with uh, the team driving up, Colson getting out, and we know the rest. It was just... Such a powerful scene. So well done. This is what I wanted in the first episode. This is what I was missing from the show. Yeah, we didn't have May really at all in the first episode until the very end. <clears throat> Honorable mention I wanted to have. I thought it was really fun when Gemma turned the speakeasy into like a makeshift lab. Yeah. They cut away and cut back and she had taken like all the bottles and turned them into like Bunsen beakers and things like that. And I like how she was... Uh, she started explaining it all scientific and smart. Like, and they're like, no, 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 no. I like, just, just tell me what it is. Yeah. Like, like that, was, that got back to the Gemma that we know and love. Um, one other thing I thought was really cool. The shootout at the dock at the end was pretty badass. And the Chronicons. Yeah. And the Chronicons guns are fucking awesome. Like, I the, know I hate the Chronicons, but God damn, those are cool. <laughs> Max a badass in that scene. So, if if there were bad Chromacons, obviously theirs shoot red. Do good Chromacons shoot green out of there? It's interesting. Kind of like Star Wars. Like a, like a Sith versus the Jedi type deal? Yeah. I bet you can like buy upgrades, like what color you want it. Like for your birthday, maybe your parents will get you like, this is the rainbow pack. Every shot's a different color. Ooh, I can get behind that. That's a fun one. Yeah, they have themed ones. Like your favorite NFL team. If you're a Packers fan, it could be green and yellow. There we go. The NFL's in on everything. Did you have anything besides those for best scene? No, I, absolutely not. Every it, Overall, it was a pretty solid episode. Nothing stood out other than that scene. Everything was, was the high level that we expect out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. All right. The part of the show that is my personal favorite, that's our theories and questions. I have four questions. One of them is like partially a theory. Um, how many do you have? Maybe we can just like go back. I've got one comment and I've got like three theories that I can somehow kind of mold all together. I'm going to need your help working through those. So I'll go with my comment first, then we'll go with your questions and then we'll work through this, this crazy theory that I got cooking up here. Uh, comment Enoch running at the end, like straight leg, like (laughs) great form. I was dying laughing. That was (laughs) So funny. Didn't he look like Forrest Gump returning that kickoff? Yeah, that's exactly what he looked like. <laughs> like, he, he won't juke you out, but if he gets the edge, he's gone. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, he's just, he's got speed up the middle if you can get him a gap. And, like, if he's on a relay team, you don't want him to run the curve, but if you can get him on the straightaway, he can yeah, he's the an- he's clearly your anchor. <laughs> I will not disappoint the team. Um, my question, this one's kind of a small one. At the end... When Malik gets in that car after he shoots Koenig, did he have the ingredient to the serum? Like, did he successfully make the drop? Or is this just like that part of history didn't end up happening? I couldn't quite piece that together. I think he did make the drop. Okay. 
I was just wondering if that was something S.H.I.E.L.D. was going to have to try to correct in the next timeline. Like, if he wasn't able to get that part of the serum, is that going to be part of the, the through line going forward? Uh, but it, yes, I uh, I think he made the drop, but I'm not positive. If he did not make the drop, I would agree with the statement that that is going to be the through line is them correcting that mishap. And again, we don't know, not to take your thunder if this is one of your theories, but we don't know if they're jumping 10 years in the future, 40 years, or like two hours. You know, I doubt it'll be the last one, but we have no idea. We have no idea. It's Everything's on the table. All right, what do you got? Okay, so... Obviously, Enoch left, was left in the 30s. Enoch cannot die, correct? I mean, he's a he's a robot. Yeah, I can't imagine, by okay. natural causes at least. Right. So, in theory, he's like a Honda. he can still be alive and find fits at any time. Yeah. So, I think, and, and I still think that fits, because he was, he was uh, captured by the Chromacons, I think he is in the 30s with them. I think somehow Enoch is going to find and save him. And wherever we end up in the future, Enoch and Fitz are going to be there probably at that speakeasy still. Very interesting. So what is the plan for Fitz to get back? Because Enoch can just live till then. Do they find a way to time travel again together or does Fitz freeze himself again like he did previously? Well, I think Fitz is with the Chromacons and remember they left the fight so that they can make the jump. <clears throat> oh, I got you. So he's so like on the I ship. think he's with them. I think he made the jump as well. Very interesting. I like that theory a lot. Okay. So. Damn. Okay. Okay. Now don't, so, they, is it the Chromacons or another species that had that it was them that had that device that can like read your brain right yes that's why that's why okay. they couldn't see Gemma because they could they read Gemma and Fitz's mind so they knew how they think uh -huh. so Gemma couldn't reveal herself anywhere because they would know how she would act something I didn't really understand it to be honest with you but there was something about she couldn't be seen by the Chromacons because they read her brain. Okay, I just couldn't remember if it was Izel or the Chronicons that had that technology, but that does make sense now. So I'm just going to I'm gonna dive right into this theory here, okay? So they were in the 30s. Obviously, they time-traveled. I, I told you everything about Enoch and Fitz. I think they're going to land in the 50s. I want That's there literally to, my second note here. I want oh. there to be an Agent Carter crossover, but I don't think there will because they have time jumped so many times that agent Carter may not have even happened in this particular timeline, right? She may not be a agent or they won't cross paths there because they're trying to keep these separate. We know agent Carter is tied to the movies very, very closely. I mean, she shows up in an end game for Christ's sake. So I don't think we'll see her there. I think that the show as a whole is going to end up in the nineties with the Chromacons trying to stop Coulson from joining S.H.I.E.L.D. If they stop Coulson from joining S.H.I.E.L.D., he doesn't become director, and this entire show doesn't happen. The entire basis of the show is going to be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. driving basically the future or history so that they can get back to their timeline even if there's like a loop in it. So that now they've connected back to the movies because remember season – Two, I believe, when S.H.I.E.L.D. fell in Winter Soldier, yeah. that tied into the show very tightly. Then, since then, they've veered away, 
now they're bringing it full circle. And if they go to the 90s, like in Captain Marvel, isn't that like Coulson's first day or something? At Coulson's Shield? first day is Captain Marvel so, with Nick Fury. So could we get – I mean Samuel Jackson's always down to do cameos. Maybe we get a Brie Larson in there. Maybe she does a quick cameo. Maybe even Ben Mendelsohn will show up for a day or who? something. Ben Mendelsohn? Yeah. Talos, who was in disguise as the head of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Right. They could be like, we had this spaceship crash and a blockbuster. we got to go check it out. And that could be like the end of the show. That'd be sick. And we also know there's some sort of time warping, mind warping stuff that happens from Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. So that they can very easily play why all that happened or what happened there has to do with the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. meddling with time by time jumping. Trying to connect all of this back so they can just get to their their real history backward before they time traveled. You actually just gave me a crazy, crazy theory that I'm going to – that's what we do on the show. We just say stuff that – I really like what you're saying, and that would be a really cool way to end it. I think maybe we get two, maybe three episodes in the 50s, two or three episodes in the 70s, and then end up in the 90s. Yep, I would love that. One quick thing I want to say before I drop my bombshell of a theory on you. If we go to the 50s, we could also very reasonably get Dominic Cooper back as Howard Stark. He was in at least two yep. or three episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously uh, Agent was, Carter. Yeah, my bad. Agent Carter. Yeah. Um, so he's shown that he's game to come back and portray like the younger Howard Stark. All right. I don't really have much to tie this into because I just thought of it. But the Chronicons are looking for a home world. Right. What if somehow they end up in one of these past lives um, coming in contact with or on the planet Titan as it destroys itself? Damn. And Thanos is like a infant Thanos or adolescent Thanos. He's probably an adolescent at the time. Uh, they see like the fragility of worlds being destroyed. Now, Thanos doesn't have to make an appearance, but they could be on Titan like, oh, there's a planet. There's a planet where like the population's dying out. Perhaps we could go live there. And they go there and they realize like, oh, they don't have enough resources to support life. It's destroyed. Not that the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. necessarily need to go there, but it could be part of the Chronicon's journey. It'd be a nice little nod. And it wouldn't obviously mess with anything in the MCU's timeline. Yeah, that'd be sick. I Getting them there would be a lot of fun because obviously you would have to somehow – the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would have to know about Titan in some form, whether they send them there or they show up there themselves. Yeah, if they know about it, I don't know how they would. I don't know how they but, would, but – But if they want to I try mean, to kill them, they could send them. <laughs> I, I like it. I want to work it in. Oh, yeah, I don't, have, I don't have enough there. I just – something cool I thought of when you were talking about – great ways to connect this to the mc without fucking anything up yeah a uh, last thing i have just as a question so there were clearly some seeds planted in this one and i have no idea where they're going but what the fuck is going on with yo-yo is she possessed by the shrike something going on because she didn't grab that bottle when it fell purposely no matter what she says to daisy and she's not herself at all. Like, even more so than what's going on with May. There's some, like, cause she's consciously making decisions to not help the team. I don't know. Maybe Daisy will kill her because she's a bad actor. <laughs> she is pretty bad. It's, dude, it's rough. <laughs> and, like, I don't know what, usually, like, I don't talk a whole lot about makeup and costumes and stuff like that because I don't, like, I don't, it's not something I notice necessarily. But I noticed her makeup was really bad, all dressed up in the 30s getup. I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with her. I think maybe it's like PTSD from having the Shrike. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, if we think about it, as much as I don't personally like her character, she's been through some fucking shit, man. She got her arms chopped off. Dude, when they, like, saw her in the alternate timeline and she was, like, locked up on the ship with, yeah, both her arms just sliced away. Yeah. I was like, that's and a rough Tuesday. Mac broke up with her. And then she was going to date that other dude and he died from a shrike in her. Then she got attacked by a shrike. Some people say he chose to die just so he didn't have to commit to her. But <laughs> that's just the <laughs> rumor Rum- circulating. Rumor. We, we don't... We don't like to push rumors around. That's just what I heard. Yeah, so I don't know. Again, I don't know if the Shrike is like still kind of in control and she's like an involuntary sleeper agent. But they laid the foundation. Like, that scene shown in the back of the speakeasy, they don't just do that stuff for no reason. Yeah, I, I'm afraid because I feel like they're building for her to have a bigger role and I don't want her to have a bigger role. But... I feel like something like that has to has to happen. I think they kind of backed themselves into a corner with her getting the Shrike into her in the last season and now dealing with the repercussions. I mean, we only get 13 episodes this season again, right? And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's a lot. A, they have a lot of stuff to answer right now. There's a pretty solid track record of this show of, like, having two villains in a season. Like, one villain will usually only last the first half of the season while they set up the other one. I'm not saying that, like, Yo-Yo's going to become an anti-hero or the villain, but clearly whatever was inside of her with that Shrike is not just gone. You know, yeah. so I don't. maybe whatever remnants are there. I don't know. A lot of potential, especially with the time jumping. All right, Banner, before we let the people go, anything else you want to add about Season 7, Episode 2? I said last week that I am just about out on this. They brought me back in. Hook, line, and sinker. They brought me back in. I'm very pleased. I was extremely disappointed with that opening episode, and they redeemed themselves. This episode was a ton of fun. They actually gave us – we actually had questions now, legitimate questions now, which is something that I missed last week. I just like how we're at the point now in the season where we can make really insane theories and just – Throw up Hail Marys and maybe we'll catch one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I really think that them navigating history to doctor it to exactly how they want it to look so that they can get back to present time in the MCU, maybe even right before or right, maybe right post-snap. I don't know. Damn. What if they did it right before the snap and it ends with the snap? That'd be fucking sick. There's so many ways this could end awesome. You know it's not going to, though. (laughs) I have faith. I have faith. All right. For the Mad Scientist, Brian Banner. I'm the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. We are the Bro for Squad podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. We will be here for all of this final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so please check out our reviews. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If you type in Bro for Squad as three words, you'll find us on all those platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Bro4Squad and check out everything that we do on our website, Bro4Squad.com. Till next time, Banner and I need to chase after this ship door before it closes. You know, Jeff, I'm kind of like an onion expert. I know them all. There's like yellow onion and white onion, green onions, I actually, red onions, you know I was sweet onions. Grossed out at how much you enjoy raw onions. Like for I do love, I do love <laughs> it. Help. It's fucking sick.